worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God. And to begin with, in the book of Psalms, Psalm 27, beginning at verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I've desired of the Lord that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle, I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Verses 1-14, through 14, all of Psalm 27. And briefly looking in the New Testament, the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend when I come again... I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. Verses 25 to 37, Luke chapter 10. 
Father, thank you, Lord, once again for the wonderful privilege we have of being able to refer to ourselves, to call ourselves your children, the children of God, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, the army of God. Thank you for the wonderful privilege of being a part of your army in this world. Thank you for the privilege we have of being able to be involved in the wonderful work of the sharing of the gospel and the work of helping people once they come to know Christ to grow up in their faith. Thank you for the joy, the privilege, the honor, and the anointing that is ours as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, empower us to be the warriors that you've called us to be going forth on the battlefield of life, victorious every day because we know who we are in you. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Rick Robertson is our producer. He's going to lead us in a word of prayer. Father, we come to you today and we come with grateful hearts for you loving us like you did. We think of what uh, your son said in Matthew 11, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Father, we're thankful for this rest that we found in you and thankful for the eternal rest that awaits us one day. We thank you for your kindness to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Rick. And thank you for being a part of our listening family. I want to remind you once again, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. If you'd like to receive some of the prayer tools, the discipleship resources, or any of the discipleship material we provide, we're glad to share it with you. Again, we're encouraging you. Please email us to get some of these items because they're great tools to use for evangelism and discipleship. And we're wise to be about this work of doing the great work of sharing the gospel and making disciples every single day of our lives. That should be our lifestyle, and it's our joy to partner with Jesus in doing just that. We're very grateful to have as our phone guest today, Jackie Tyre. She is a pastor. She is an author, and today we're going to be looking at the topic and mission of a book that she wrote entitled The Corporate Armor, God's Design for the Victorious Church. Jackie, how are you today? I am doing great. It's an honor to be with you, Pastor Joseph. Great to have you today. And uh, I want to just ask if you'll take a moment now to further introduce yourself. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about you, uh, the church that you uh, pastor, and if someone's listening, they want to come, how to get there. And then we're going to be talking about the book that you wrote, The Corporate okay. Armor. Uh, thank you so much. Well, I am a passionate lover of God, um, Most in, first and foremost. That is my purpose and my delight in life is to serve the Lord and then to serve His people, keeping Him in the forefront, helping people grow and mature to be those men and women, young and old, boys and girls, that He created us to be so that we fulfill and live in the abundant life that Jesus purchased for us. And I do pastor a congregation here in Metro Atlanta. We're north of the city. We're called City Gate Atlanta, and we're in a suburb town called Peachtree Corners, Uh, We are almost 13 years old, and God is blessing. We really serve as not just a local congregation, but a gathering place for the remnant, the people of God who are wanting to hear more about the kingdom, who want to connect in with other 
ministries and ministers that operate in the prophetic, who have a kingdom uh, worldview of seeing our communities, our city, state, and nation transformed by the wonderful gospel of the kingdom. So you can find us at citygateatlanta.org, and all the information is on there. We are constantly hosting events uh, to equip and give opportunity for the people in the community to hear voices that are national and even international in scope, because I believe we're enhanced by the more sounds that we hear that are authentic by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. So it's our honor to do that in this area, and we'd be delighted to have anyone come and join us anytime. All right. Well, share again the specific address and also contact information if someone would like to get in touch with you or the church. Right. Uh, you can. Uh, our address is 3100 Medlock Bridge Road, Suite 110, Peachtree Corners, Georgia, 30071. We are in an office park, a little untraditional in that way, but it's easy to find, and we're in the center building. Uh, you can reach me at Jackie, and that's spelled J-A-C, Q-U-I-E at citygateatlanta.org. And our services on Sunday are at 1030 a.m. All right. Well, again, grateful to have you with us today, Jackie. And again, as I mentioned, we're looking specifically at the topic. Uh, Your book is entitled The Corporate Armor, God's Design for the Victorious Church. And before uh, we get into the book, I'm going to go ahead and I want to take time to read Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 20. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fire darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, and in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And, you know, Jackie, just before you kind of, we begin to talk about your book, you know, sometimes people make the mistake of thinking of war as being glamorous until they run into someone who's been a casualty, a real casualty of war. And... The same could be said in the spiritual world as well, that spiritual warfare sometimes may seem to be a popular subject for people to talk about, have books about, lectures and preaching. But so many people are casualties of spiritual warfare, the casualties of Satan's schemes and battles in the world. And so it's critical that we as believers better understand God's truth about spiritual warfare and specifically how we as the church are to operate with that. So 
I'm going to ask if you'll just dive right in and share about the book. And of course, we're coming up on a break in a few moments, but we'll pick up on the other side. But if you'll dive right in and talk about the corporate armor. Well, I love the way you set me up with both reading Ephesians 6 and your comment about the casualties of war. I believe that is the number one reason God released this revelation to me. Um, So many intercessors and believers fall prey to the schemes of the enemy, either through ignorance or through presumption in moving beyond the boundaries that God has set for them, going into levels of warfare that are beyond what they're prepared for. And I believe the armor of God, both personally and on a corporate level, God has provided that to protect us, to give us the necessary components of His character, His nature, and His authority to be able to advance and to not give the enemy an entrance or a kink in our armor, if you will, um, to be able to attack us and bring us into casualties. Uh, I believe we have a lot of authority, but God puts us in boundaries of habitation. That We see that in Acts. We see it all the way through the Scriptures where there are boundaries set. And I believe the armor of God, again, personally and corporately, helps us stay within those boundaries, but also to operate fully and to advance the kingdom of God. Um, so the armor fills, covers us, fills us, and releases a grace for us to be able to move forward with wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and might, counsel, and in the fear of the Lord, which I am uh, convinced is a major component of what we have to have if we're moving in spiritual warfare. Okay, well, we're coming up on a break, and I want you to pick up right, pick up there on the other side, if you would. Again, our phone guest today is Jackie Tyre. She's a pastor and the author of The Corporate Armor, God's Design for the Victorious Church. We'll be right back. Lincoln Brewster with More Than Amazing. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our phone guest today is Jackie Tyre. She's a pastor and the author of the book, The Corporate 
armor. And Jack, as we begin this segment, before you get back to talking about the book, would you pray for listeners to have ears to hear all that the Holy Spirit would say to them and share with them today? Absolutely. Father, you are the giver of life, and you are the revealer. You reveal yourself, and you reveal truth to us. You reveal wisdom. You reveal understanding. You delight in bringing revelation to us. So, Father, today, as we talk about the corporate armor, I plead the blood of Jesus over every listener that they would have ears to hear, eyes to see, a heart to comprehend, and a will to obey whatever and everything that you speak forth to their heart today. Lord, let them hear what you're saying to the church today so that together we might be more of who you created us to be for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Jackie. You know, we uh, earlier uh, we had um, devotion here at AFA, and as we normally do each morning, and the person that led devotion, they shared an important distinction that he explained the word, and of course, you know, some people may say, well, you shouldn't use that word, but it's, a, it's an accurate word. When people hear truth and they reject it, the correct word for that mm-hmm. response is actually stupid. But on the other hand, when people just don't know, that's called ignorance. And ignorance is not uh, an insult. It's just you just don't know. But, of course, as we yeah. read and study the Word of God, our goal should be always to gain knowledge. But, of course, never reject truth. Never hear it, understand it, and reject it. Take it and run with it. That's the goal. So as we move forward and you're talking about the book, would you explain how you're using you use it in both the title of the book, Corporate, and you're talking about the corporate church. Explain to our listeners how you're using that word, if you would, please. Well, when we look at the Word of God and how Jesus and then uh, through the epistles uh, reference the church, every single word, every time it's used, it's referenced in a corporate nature. In other words, we are members one of another in the corporate body. We are one body, many members. We see this in uh 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, we have many diverse parts, but we're one body. That's corporate. That is we are together in the thing. Then we see the analogy that Paul writes about, uh, that we are being built up together into a holy temple, living stones with Christ as the chief cornerstone. Well, again, for there to be a temple— that's made of many stones, that's corporate, that's coming together, that's Mm -hmm. linking together, that's stones fitting together, body parts fitting together, stones fitting together. Then we see the expression of a family, and family is many members. You have mother, father, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, cousins, um, sons, daughters, grandsons, granddaughters. We have all these people, and it's a family. And So God uses these words throughout Scripture. Even when you go to Old Testament, you see nation, and you will see in the Scriptures referring to the nation of Israel. That's corporate in nature. And then the final word I want to mention is the word ecclesia found in Matthew 16, uh, when Jesus said, upon this rock, the rock of revelation that Peter had just brought forth, that he was the Christ, the Son of the living God, 
that he says, upon this rock, I will build my church. Well, that word church there is ekklesia, E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A, is a Greek word, and it was the called out ones, not just to gather for fellowship, not just to gather for worship, not even just to gather for prayer or intercession, but gathered together to receive the counsel of heaven and to bring the legislative governmental authority, will of God, into the earth. It was corporate. It wasn't one person making that decision. It was the corporate body coming together under the headship of Christ to advance the kingdom of God. So all of those expressions of church, if you will, are corporate in nature. So that's that's the context, mm-hmm. because we are individual members, but we are members together in the corporate body. Mm. In other words, we need each other, and we're made to function as a body, not just as a bunch of individuals in the same space. Absolutely. And here's one thing for people to consider. when, If we just consider our own physical body, I don't know how many of you have ever broken like an ankle. I did a number of years ago. When that ankle is injured or broken, your entire body feels the impact of that broken ankle. Well, if you're missing a part or a part gets cut off, you're really lacking. And I believe that one of the problems that we're suffering from in the body of Christ in this hour in 2022 is that we have been dismembered, cut off from one another. And when body parts are cut off, there is uh, even a death that begins to take place part in into that portion because we're not connected. I believe we're missing the vitality of what Scripture says. Every joint will supply what is needed. We need each other. It's the way God intended. He never intended us to be independent, isolated members of the body, but interconnected, interdependent as we are ultimately dependent upon Christ and Holy Spirit pulsating through each and every one of us, bringing forth the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, the revelation, the strategy, the know-how. Because as you said, sometimes we're just ignorant. Well, the person, the body part next to us may not be ignorant. Well, their knowledge and their strength flows into us, into our weakness, as we submit one to another in the fear of the Lord. Hmm. You know, you've, you've said a lot in just a few moments there, and, you know, it's it's so important for us to grasp why it's important that we see ourselves as a body as opposed to individually. And uh, you, when we spoke earlier, you were sharing of how that, like, in relation to the passage we read, Ephesians 6, 10 to 20, it talks about putting on the full armor of God. And you shared a story of how that God spoke to you and helped you to better understand uh, the message of the book of Ephesians is obviously to the church as a whole. But often people see the message of Ephesians 6 as if it applies to them individually. Would you elaborate on that? 
Yeah, my story is a little bit funny, and I'll share this uh, to give people a smile in the middle of their day. Um, My husband and I were on our way for an anniversary trip. This was about 10, 12, 15 even years ago. And we were flying to Hawaii. It was a real treat. He had business to do there. And so I went along for an anniversary trip. And we had just crossed over the continental U.S., over the ocean, and I was about to take a nap. And Holy Spirit said, I want to talk to you about the armor of God. And I'm thinking, I really want to take a nap. But I said, okay. And he said, he took me to Ephesians 6, and I read that. And then he said, why, if the book of Ephesians is commonly accepted as a book to the church, to the corporate church in Ephesus, why do you only take the armor as personal? Well, I had never in all my years of following Christ had that thought. Well, from there, he took me back to Ephesians 4 and began to talk to me about his design of leadership and that role of being a protective armor around the body of Christ. And that set me on an adventure from that day till now as I have studied and then uh, prayed into it, discussed with other leaders, am I crazy? Because I'd never heard anybody talk about this before. And we began working it and studying together and talking about it and, and really came to a point of, I am convinced that the corporate armor is not the only expression of the armor, but it is an expression and an understanding of the armor that we have missed and caused us to suffer in many, many ways as we've gone out individually into warfare rather than coming together with the corporate anointing under the corporate leadership graces that Christ gave to his church through the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Mm. You know, Jackie, a picture that comes to my mind is that, for example, you know, this just happens to be football season. When a team knows how to work as a unit, they're ferocious on the field. Uh, But when a team doesn't work together, they can be run over. That's true for uh-huh. offense or defense. And, of course, in life, clearly, the church, when the church is working as the body, the the unit God created us to be, it's a beautiful thing, and they learn how to walk in victory in greater ways. So such an important message for us to grasp. So, well, early in the book— I totally you, agree with you. All right. Early in, early in the book, you, you, talk, you kind of divide um, some of the different— uh, aspects of the armor that's described in Ephesians 6, 10 to 20. Um, would you talk a little bit about why each piece is so important to us, both individually and collectively? Well, let's take it and let's do it in order. And this is another one of these fascinating aspects of God is so brilliant that when you begin to see this in the corporate aspect and the alignment that I will uh, reveal momentarily, you see how they really fit together. So let's start with the belt of truth. Truth is a solid foundation for anything that we do. Anything we do in the kingdom has got to be firmly rooted and grounded in the truth of God as revealed through the person of Jesus Christ 
and also revealed in the written word. Anything that comes to us that does not line up with the word of God is suspect. And so we have to have our belt, our waist, our our loins girded with truth. In other words, that foundational part of armor, that foundational part of who we are must be founded upon truth. And when you think about it in the armor, that piece of the armor protects the reproductive area of life. And so if we're going to protect the future generations in the gospel of the kingdom, we must make sure that the gospel is unadulterated and firmly established on truth. Mm -hmm. From truth, we go to the breastplate of righteousness. And with righteousness, we protect the heart, the lungs, the other vital parts of the body, because righteousness establishes us not just in right standing with God, which we have through the blood of Jesus, but also in our right living. In other words, out of our right standing through the blood, it produces right living, right walking, walking uprightly before God and my and man. And so as we are protected in righteousness, the vital parts of the body, even just thinking naturally, keeps there from being chinks in the armor that the enemy can have access. In other words, um, an entrance point to bring uh, wounds to us or even bring a deadly blow. When we go into warfare, and we're not living and walking in righteousness, the enemy sees that. I think sometimes we don't understand how much the enemy can discern about what's going on in our life because they see us by the Spirit. So if we're not walking in light, even as God is is light, and we have darkness that we are tolerating in our own life, The enemy sees that, and what he's going to do is target that area of darkness as a legal access point for the fiery darts, for the accusation, for the attacks against us. And so breastplate of righteousness is walk uprightly by the blood of Jesus, by truth, and in every arena of of your life. And then we come to the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. And in Romans 16, 20, the word of God says that the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. So when we walk in the peace of God that passes all understanding, when we walk in the peace of God that we are walking secure in who he is, secure in who he says we are, that we're casting all of our burdens upon him and we're listening and walking in the God of all peace and keeping our minds fixed on him who is our peace, then we can tread on serpents and scorpions and every evil thing and not be disrupted. But fear gives us, gives the enemy an entrance. I'm going to jump in right here, Jackie, and we're going to pick up right there on the other side. Our phone guest today is Jackie Tyre. She's a pastor and the author of The Corporate Armor, God's Design for the Victorious Church. We'll be right back.
group with all praise goes to you thanks for listening to the hour of intercession here on american family radio our phone guest today is jackie tyre she's the author of the book the corporate armor that we're discussing god's design for the victorious church jack if you'll pick up right there where you left off please all right well we went to the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace next is the shield of faith And when that shield is lifted up in faith that is unwavering, it extinguishes the fiery darts of the enemy. And I heard it described one time that fear, which is the antithesis of faith, is putting more faith in Satan than we are in God. So when we have that shield of faith that is birthed in Christ because he gives us faith, and we lift that faith up, the enemy will have no entrance to us. And so it's important that we keep ourselves in faith that is rooted and grounded in truth and righteousness and in peace. And then finally, we take on the helmet of salvation. And the helmet of salvation is that piece of the armor that helps to protect the way we think, that brings us, as Scripture says, into the mind of Christ. Word of God says that we've been given the mind of Christ, but the reality of our existence is that our carnal thinking wars with the mind of Christ. And when we come under the helmet of salvation, we come under that anointing and that insight, revelation, knowledge, and understanding of the Word of God, our mindset, our belief systems begin to transform to be in union with the mind of Christ. So just briefly on these five um, pieces of the armor, and you can read more about this in the corporate armor. You can get it on Amazon or on our website. Just go to citygateatlanta.org and go to the bookstore, and you can click on it there. But just quickly, and I know this is horrible to do the people so quick here, but the belt of truth, according to what the Lord revealed to me, correlates with the role of apostolic leadership found in Ephesians 4. Apostles always establishes in truth. The breastplate of righteousness goes to the prophets, because prophets, those with the prophetic gift, are always pointing us toward walking in righteousness. The shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace, what do evangelists do? They get us going out into the world to bring people out of chaos and into the peace of God. The shield of faith the is the pastor, who when we're weak, we're down, we're new, we're maybe a baby believer or we're just struggling, that pastor puts that shield of faith around us, helps us be built up and restored in faith so that we can rise up and advance again. And the helmet of salvation, the gift of the teacher that is constantly exhorting, teaching, unpacking the Word of God for us, bringing us into 
and increased understanding so that we might align our lives with who God is, what His Word says, and who He says we are to do His bidding on the earth. Mm -hmm. So that's it in a nutshell. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, and you know, and of course, all of us are called to put the wonderful sword of the Spirit to work as well. So praise God for that. Now, when, when, here, let me say this, pastors, real quick. Okay. When we put the Word of God, that sword of the Spirit, together in unity, when we come into the place where we are agreeing, Jesus said, any of you touch anything in agreement, it'll be done for you. So when corporately we come in under the leadership of Christ as given to the leadership of the church, and we come into an agreement with the Word of God to war against the enemy, he has to back down and we advance Mm. because we're following the truths of the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Well, Jackie, I want to ask if you'll address a very practical matter as you're talking about this topic, which so just tremendously uh, applies to so many of the the issues and the struggles that we deal with in our world and in our culture today. I want to use one specific example to ask you to elaborate on it. But like, for example, we live in a culture where, by God's grace, Roe v. Wade was recently overturned, uh, but that didn't outlaw abortion. But the fact is, abortion is taking the life of an unborn child, and the Bible clearly says you shall not murder. Yet, you have too many believers that it's, it seems that sadly, they seem to arrive at something other than what God's Word has said, and it, it seems like it's brought such devastation in the body of Christ. Would you elaborate on that? Absolutely. This is a passion. I know it's of yours, but it's also a passion of mine. When we have believers, and I'm going to be more specific, when we have leaders, pastors, or other leaders within the body of Christ standing in the pulpit saying abortion is okay, and even trying to justify abortion by the Word of God, it is an atrocity and a grievous um deception being released into the body of Christ, that in the context of even the armor of God, it is leaving a gaping hole for the enemy to be able to bring devastation and destruction to the people of God, but also to the nation. And it is a, sometimes I have to be really careful because it can make me very angry. And I believe it's a righteous anger, but I have to guard myself because Any man of God or woman of God who can look at the Word and say abortion should be a legal right is absolutely operating in deception, and I will be so bold as to call them a false pastor or a false teacher, because they do not line up with the principles and the truths and the foundations of the Word of God. Mm. And, you know, Jackie, that's so important for us as believers to, to grasp in that because sadly we have so many with that refer to themselves as being the church and leaders in the church who clearly oppose the Word of God yet consider themselves good spiritual leaders. And again, when it comes to spiritual warfare, they're supporting the work of the kingdom of darkness. They're not standing Absolutely. on the side of truth. That's so true. And I fear for them. I really do, because the Word of God says that they will have no portion in the kingdom of heaven. 
And I, I'm not, I can't judge the very depth of their heart or where they'll be on the last day when they take their last breath. And I pray they will repent because I cannot ignore what the Word of God says. And I will say this to us because we're all within less than three weeks of our midterm elections. And this is not being political, it's being governmental, and God is government. That if you vote contrary to the truth of the Word of God and you proclaim to be a follower of Christ, you are sinning against God and you will answer for that. And it must be that the decisions we make for how we live, how we vote, and how we in influence the people around us must be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the grace of God that is confirmed and established through His Word. Mm. Well, I, I'd certainly appreciate you sharing that, Jackie. And, you know, um, I I like to refer to this simple and short but powerful story. In the book of Exodus chapter 1, it lays out two little ladies by the name of Shipper and Pua. They were midwives, and Pharaoh told them, kill the baby boys. Well, the devil's been trying to kill babies a long time, and he's tried to use people in high positions of leadership a long time. But these two precious little ladies, they decided that's wrong, and we're not going to do it, and they refused to do it. And God not only preserved them, but he blessed them in an even greater way. And the fact is today, when it comes to truth and spiritual warfare, it's very important for us that God wants individuals who today, they too will stand on truth and stand up for the truth because that will always further God's will. Yet when you have people that say they're in leadership, but they go against the word of God, not only is it devastating that they're doing it, but too many people Follow them in their darkness and how tragic that is. So would you, before we run out of time, would you pray for believers to grasp the importance of understanding truth, not only with this issue, but any area of our lives? Yes, sir. Father, I thank you that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. I thank that you, thank you that you are truth, and in you there is no shadow of turning. Father, I pray right now for the conviction of the Holy Spirit to come upon believers all across this nation. And Lord, as one here in the state of Georgia, I pray that over our state, that truth would come upon the believers, those who call upon your name, that we would rise up and vote according to consciousness, according to the conviction of Holy Spirit as confirmed by the Word of God. Father, that you would so move by the power of your Spirit all across this land, that what the enemy has set in motion to bring destruction through the death of the innocent ones, through the perversion of God's created order through all the evil that is permeating through our nation now. God, I pray for the remnant, the people of God to arise with a bold conviction of truth, to vote according to conscience that is rooted and grounded in you, to become a voice that is heard in the nation once again, not by legalism, not by anger or vindictiveness, but God, the voice that carries the wind of the Spirit. And Lord, we know that Holy Spirit, your precious Holy Spirit, is a restrainer of evil, and that through your people, 
there is a unlocking and a loosing of the power to constrain and restrain evil. So, Father, I say, activate it now across this nation. Let your grace prevail upon your people. Let conviction come and let the light of your kingdom permeate this nation so that all that you've intended for us shall be fulfilled to your glory and honor. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 And Father, too, thank you and praise you for your sovereignty over our nation. Lord, more and more, raise up righteous leaders that will honor you in office. And Lord, we ask that you'd more and more remove unrighteous leaders that do not honor your word and do not stand on the truths of your word as well. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Well, as we normally do, before we end the broadcast, if you are listening today and you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is a great day to be saved, to commit your life and your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to make that step, remember this. The biggest problem you have in life is the one of not knowing Jesus Christ, and you can solve that by making the step to commit your heart and life to the Lord. If you'd like to make that step, would you simply, from your heart, pray this prayer with me even now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and I've done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. You told us in your word, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we very much would like to be in touch with you. We want to share with you some literature and resources that are, that are going to help you to begin to grow and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord. Please email us. My email, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We hope to hear from you. Uh, Jackie, thank you so much for being with us. Share with our listeners one more time if they want to get your book or just be in touch with you. How can they do that? Uh, go to our website at citygateatlanta.org, and you can write me at Jackie, J-A-C-Q-U-I-E, at citygateatlanta.org. And we would love to hear from you and love to see you. If you're in the metro area, anytime, come visit us. Or if you live here, come on. We'd love to let you be a part of the family and get to know you better. All Thank right. you so much, Pastor Joseph. Loved being on with you. Thank you, Jackie. And please pray much for Jackie and the work of their church family as well. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.